0: rapture of the church we will be taken out of here we are not Israel, Israel is not the church I do not believe in replacement or covenant theology I am dispensational I am not ashamed to be a dispensationalist and I believe that God deals with the church differently distinctly than he does with Israel, he deals with Israel separately and uh, his chosen people were Israel and the church was the wild the wild olive branch grafted in so the next event on the prophetic calendar will be the rapture of the church. All born-again believers, if you're alive at this time, when it happens, we're out of here. And the Lord does not come to the earth. We meet Him in the air. And so shall you ever be. The second coming is after the tribulation period. When He comes back and we will come back with Him, He will put His feet on the Mount of Olives. And so... Distinctions need to be made. Last week we ended in verse number 8 when we talked about the beginning of sorrows. Literally, that is interpreted, a literal interpretation, the beginning of sorrows means birth pains. Birth pains. How many of you ladies have had children? How many of you ladies know what birth pains are? Amen. Guys, you have no idea. Oh, I had sympathy pains. I don't even go there. Don't even go there. But you women know that when you become pregnant and those pains started and... They got more intense, and they got more frequent the closer you came to birth. Am I telling that right? Yes, yes, indeed. I tell the truth, and so are these signs. These signs are birth pains. They're already we're already seeing them. I told you last week some of the things, some of the evidences of that. Twelve thousand three hundred eighty some eighty one, I think, earthquakes this year alone in two thousand and. And 23. Already 10 people. 10 people have claimed and garnered a following. They had to have a following and garnered a following. 10 people in the 21st century have claimed to be the Messiah and have duped people into following them. And I think there was a, a number that had to be exact uh, to, to for them to be credible on this list. And so all these signs are going to become more frequent as we move closer to the uh, the second, uh, the rapture, and then obviously after that tribulation, the second coming of Christ. So let's talk about this. Let's look at verse number 8 because I know I told you 9, but I want to read 8. All these are the beginning of sorrows. We talked about that last week. All these signs. These signs are the beginning of sorrows. Earthquakes, famines, pestilence, all that. I've shown you that. Now look at verse 9. Then, then is very important. Then marks time. Then is a word that marks time. It means After, it is noting after these signs, the beginning of sorrows, after these signs come, the tribulation is going to begin. The tribulation period is going to begin. The tribulation period is seven years on the earth. Seven years. And the tribulation is not for the church. The church is gone. We're raptured out of here. We'll not be here. The tribulation period is God dealing with the nation of Israel, pouring out his wrath on unbelieving Israel. Now, this seven-year period is divided into two, two time periods. Three and one-half years, the first part of that is the tribulation period. The second three and one-half years is referred to as the great tribulation period. You have heard it in the Word. There never has been a time like it, nor will there ever be a time like it on the face of the earth. Tribulation period, great tribulation period. So here's what's going to happen. This is what I begin, the, ble- the beginning of the tribulation period. Look at verse 9. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. <clears throat> He's speaking to the Jews. They shall deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Do you know what happened uh, back in October, Just, just well, it was October 7th, I think? Do you know that over 1,000 Jews were killed as Hamas entered into Israeli territory. 1,000. over I don't remember exactly how many. I've got conflicting stats, but suffice it to say, more, per capita, it would be like almost 40,000 in America, I think they said. This is their 9-11. Now, why am I telling you that? I do not believe the tribulation has started yet. I'm just showing you that we are marching towards the tribulation period. I believe it with all of everything I have. We are marching towards it. Marching towards it. This tribulation period, even though it's tribulation in the beginning, and the great tribulation doesn't come to the middle, it will be marked by violence, especially against the Jews. The Jews will be marked, and violence will be against them. That's what it says there. Now notice what else he says. And you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. We're seeing it right now. 100,000 people gathered together in Washington, D.C. this past weekend. for Palestinians, and do you know what they were shouting out? From the river to the sea. Why is that significant? Because they're talking about the Jordan River to the sea. In between the Mediterranean Sea and the Jordan River lies Israel. If they are from the river to the sea, they're wiped off the face of the map. Uh, And that's what they want. That is what they want. These nations who said on the 7th when they were infiltrated, said, we will stand with you, are now starting to waffle and they're now starting to blame Israel. Do you know that there are people in America who have television programs, there are people in Congress who say that all those videos they had of them, of Hamas cutting Jewish babies' heads off and raping women and killing women and all that, all those video, video evidence they have... They have said that was all generated by AI and Israel made it up. And 100,000 people stood in front of our White House, took red paint, put their hands in red paint as blood, and put it on the pillars of the gate of the White House. And we did nothing. All nations. There's a growing contingency in the United States of America that hates Israel, and it's being populated by our secular universities. I am not at all secular university. I would, not, I would do everything in my power not to send my child to a secular university anymore. There's Liberty. There's Cedarville. They offer nursing. now for everything. I would be finding one of those schools because they're indoctrinating our children to hate Israel. And God said in Genesis, God said, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who who curse you God has an everlasting covenant with his people the Jews will be hated by all nations historically we know the Bible teaches that in the end times all nations will come against God do you realize that as of right now Israel is only the size of New Jersey if you go back to Genesis you find out from the great river uh, up in Egypt which is the Nile River down all the way to the Euphrates River, and all that in between was actually given to Israel. Not just what they have today. All that land is theirs, and he will possess it, and they will possess it one day. He does possess it. My point is this. All these nations around Israel, all these Arab nations, and Israel the size of New Jersey, and all these Arab nations who hate Israel, have not been able to wipe Israel out. You know why? Because they're God's chosen people. They're not going to be wiped off the face of the map. Not going to happen. So they're going to be hated by all nations. Look at verse 10. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and hate one another. All this killing is starting to go on. And what's going to happen? That Some of the Jewish people are going to turn against themselves against their own people, and rat them out, and and there will be killing of each other. Notice what else he says. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. You see, there has to be something, you have to watch this now, there has to be something that forces the Antichrist and the Jews to come together and make a covenant. The Bible tells us in Daniel that the Antichrist and the Jewish nation will enter into a seven-year peace covenant, that it will be a false covenant because we know that in three and one-half years he enters in and breaks that covenant. Something has to happen to force the Jews to enter into a covenant with the Antichrist. I'll tell you what's going to happen. He is going to be prominent. Daniel, we'll go there just a moment, calls him the prince. The Antichrist is going to have a following. He's going to have power. He is going to broker this deal. And Israel Israel will come to him and you say, well, why would they do that? The same reason they entered in in the Old Testament uh, into an agreement with a pagan nation to go against Babylon for their safety and for their peace. So they're going to enter into this covenant with him. And something has to force them. What's going to force them? It's going to be this mass betrayal, this mass hatred, this killings of the Jews and all the nations going against them. And the church, who is God's peace in this time, God's instrument of spreading the gospel... Will be raptured out. There will be no spirit filled church at that time. Israel will have no one to come to their back because even at that time, the United States will go against them. The United States won't be a superpower. Just think about it. Think about all of the people who are saved that you know. And it's going to be raptured out. America will not be a superpower. Someone said they were going to have some fun. They were going to get a bunch of blow-up dolls and fill them full of helium and go up to the beach one day and let them all go. And it looks like people are going up in there and scaring people to death. That'd be a good thing to do to then preach the gospel, you know, to them. Um, There will be people coming onto the scene. There are people coming onto the scene who grew up in churches like you and I in this church who have since left and departed, even dispensationalism, and are saying, oh, none of this stuff is going to happen. They're false prophets. They're false prophets. They're people who exist today, and it's all about money. The name it and claim it. We're going to, uh, you can believe God for anything, you can have anything you want, if you just believe God and you trust Him. heard a guy preaching money to one day said that he, <coughs> he uh, wanted this Corvette, and he saw this Corvette. And so he went and in Jesus' name laid his hands on the Corvette and prayed. Well, you know, that's a fine line between that and coveting, if you ask me. The same guy said there was an apple tree growing and and it wouldn't produce any apples. And one day he went on it and he laid his hands on it and he prayed over it. And the next day it was budded full of apples. I said, huh, that's interesting. Jesus said the tree doesn't produce fruit, cut it down. Not lay hands on it. Didn't he curse the fig tree because of the fig tree? But anyways, you see what I'm saying. There's these false prophets that's going to come onto the scene and and, and they're going to rush around. They're going to try to have hope in these false prophets and they're not going to because they're going to be deceiving many. The church won't be here to scotch for Israel. The church won't be here to pray for Israel and to help Israel and to give truth about Israel. And so Israel will be driven to the false prophet, the one and only Antichrist. Now, if you would, please, turn with me to Daniel. I don't want you to just listen to me opine about this. I want you to see it for yourself because this is important. Some of my friends who do not believe in the rapture, do not believe in any of this stuff, they, they told me, well, I don't believe the Antichrist is one person. Well, I think, wow, that's pretty crazy because if you read this, you'll see in just a moment, he refers to him as he, singular male. It's hard to convert that into plural as in a bunch of people. So Daniel chapter 9 and verse 24, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city. Let me just point out two things, first of all. This word weeks actually means 70. A literal translation is 77s. 70 sevens. 77s 70 sevens is what it means. Are determined. Now notice this, and we'll, I I'm not getting into that all the math there because that's not what pertinent for our study. Notice what it says. For who? Your people. He's talking to Daniel. And your holy city, the Jews and Jerusalem. The Jews and Jerusalem. The purposes, to finish, and I'll get into this perhaps next week if I get time, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up a vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty Two weeks, the street shall be built again, and the wall even troublesome times after the sixty-two weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come, the prince who is to come, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood until the end of the war. Desolations are determined. Notice verse twenty-seven. Then he, we're talking about the antichrist, it's singular, masculine, one person, shall confirm a covenant with many for one week that one week is a 7 year period it's remember 77s i told you that earlier for one period of 7 years he's going to make a covenant with the people of israel what led to that what led to that was all of the tribulation that the jews are going to be facing and all of the nations going against them and the restrainer the holy spirit filled church is out of the picture we've been raptured out and there's no one to help israel Congress is not going to do it because they'll be left here with all unbelievers. Which is pro- probably most of the Congress. But I, mean, I shouldn't have said that. But <clears throat> but you see what the Bible's teaching us. The Bible is teaching us that this is going to drive the people in Israel to make a covenant. And this covenant is a false covenant. Now let's go back to Matthew 24. Notice in verse 12. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. I don't know if you have watched the news or not, but we lost two very important issues in the state of Ohio. And at this point, I'm at the place in my life where if I say it and someone doesn't like it, it's the Word of God. If they don't like it, their door opens that way. They can go. But there is no place in the Bible that that makes a provision for a doctor to determine if a baby can live outside the womb or not and, and abort that baby. None. None. And there is no provision in our in our in anywhere with anybody with the right mind who said who thinks that legalizing marijuana is going to help us. Do you know how addiction-ridden we are in this state? Do Do they know how that it's been proven in study after study after study that marijuana is a gateway drug that others go deeper in? Lawlessness. And you listen to people, and they talk, and they lie. If they are a politician and they're talking, they're lying. Lawlessness. All these things come together and drive Israel into this covenant with the Antichrist. It's amazing to me how God gave us this plan of the end times thousands of years ago and nobody reads it and heeds it up there in the echelon of government. I will tell you this. I believe that we're going to be just fine. We are going to be just fine. And I will tell you this. I believe America's crossed the line that we can't go back. We cannot go back. Miss Cleaver days are over. Happy days are over. We live in a fallen world that's being manifested daily. Daily. And it's just going to get worse the closer we get to the rapture. Now let me think about, let us think about this. There's some things that we have to talk about because it's obvious. And number one thing that I think is obvious about this is the Antichrist has to be alive at the time for the tribulation period to happen. For the covenant to happen, the Antichrist has to be alive. I don't know who it is. I don't even speculate on who it is. Nobody knows who the Antichrist is. He might be alive today. I don't know. I do not know that. But he has to be alive. Number two, he has to be of worldwide notoriety. It's not going to be a good old boy from Portsmouth, Ohio. It's going to be someone of worldwide notoriety who is winsome, who is charismatic, who can garner a following, and can deceive people. Number three, he has to have power over nations, he has to be powerful. We are told, in the deeper you go into Revelation, you will see that He has given the ability to do some miraculous things. God didn't give Him His ability. Where did He get His ability from? Think about it. Think about this. You say, "Well, I don't believe in all that spooky stuff." Remember when Jesus said this? He said, "He said this." He said, uh, "You, you, ca- uh, Lord, Lord, we cast devils out in Your name. We healed the sick. We raised the dead." And Jesus said. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. Where did they get their power if he didn't get it from them? It was demonic power. Demonic power. And hear me out. This is just the beginning of the tribulation period. We could... Go deeply into Revelation and we can see a lot of things and we'll talk more about that next week. But what I want you to see is this. Verse 13. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Now, we know. We know that he's not talking about the church and, we're not, and, and the best I understand this, he's not talking about eternal salvation. He's talking about being delivered from the tribulation of the tribulation period. The one who endures is the one who refuses to take the mark of the beast and turns to God in the tribulation period. I want you to think about this, and we'll talk about this more deeply. I, this, this disturbs me. I have a daughter that has to have insulin to live. If she were in the tribulation period, she won't be because she's saved. She'll be in heaven with raptured out. But if she were here, she would have to take the mark of the beast to buy medicine, to buy food. Could you imagine watching your child die because you refused to take the mark of the beast? This is serious. And what are we doing? We're playing church. We're already over carpet. We're already over this. Already over that. People are dying. Going to hell. People are getting ready to face the tribulation period. And we're playing footsies in church it's ridiculous when the tribulation period starts and this man of sin comes on and he makes this covenant there will be some who make it through the tribulation period I don't know how many, I don't know if it's a minimum I don't know if it's a maximum, I don't know but there will be some who refuse and then notice verse 14 and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Now, I had a discussion with my friend not too long ago, and he believes differently than I believe. And he said, but Paul believed, and he even said that he has preached the gospel to the end of the earth and the age. That's not what this is referring to. And Paul hadn't been all over the world, and he hadn't preached the gospel. He might have preached it, to his ability, to the as many as he could have, but he didn't preach it everywhere. How do I know that? Because there are two groups of evangelists in Revelation. In Revelation chapter seven, there's the 144,000 Jewish evangelists, 144,000 sent to evangelize during the tribulation period. In Revelation chapter eleven, there are the two witnesses. They are witnesses. Do you know what witnesses do? They witness. So it's not the end yet. You're only halfway through. And we'll talk about the last half next week. See, as all these signs begin to appear, and they begin to become more intense, and they become more frequent, and we start to see things that He Says is going to be bad, and we are starting to see them get bad. Lawlessness. The Jews are being hated, even in the United States of America. Lawlessness is growing and making the love of many cold. People are like, well, whatever. They're turning a blind eye, indifferent to lawlessness. False prophets are running around, deceiving, making a name, getting wealthy off the, the preaching of the word. This is all falling into place. So what? I mean, we're nowhere near finished with this text, but I think we are for tonight. What? So what? What, what does this mean to us? Well, I, you know what I believe. We're going to be raptured out of here, and if we start, we're starting. is near. And if the rapture is near, <clears throat> then number one, we must be ready. We must be ready. Isaiah 45, says, Look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. There's no one else. You know what? The church has done We've stopped reaching out to sinners because we want to be popular. And we want people to like us. And we want people to come to our church. And we want to be thought of as innovative. And we want to be thought of as as culturally relevant. Well, let me tell you something. There is nothing more relevant than the saving of a soul. And we've stopped witnessing. The other night, I went home and I stopped through Taco Bell. Had to get some fine nourishment. Someone was uh, getting on to me about my uh, Wendy's and McDonald's, so I said, okay, I'll do better. I went to Taco Bell. And, <clears throat> and when I was at Taco Bell, I was, there were two ladies there. It was later in the evening. and There was no one behind me. They were standing there at the window. And after I paid, I, I handed them two gospel tracks. I said, listen, ladies, I know you're working, but maybe on your break or afterwards you could read this gospel tract. Well, as I sat there and waited for my chili cheese burritos they brought back. Aren't they good? Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, they are good. And I was sitting there waiting on my chili cheese burritos. And as I'm sitting there, I'm watching these ladies, and I wanted to take a picture, but I thought, that's bad. Because this one young girl, she was reading that gospel track, and she was reading it intently. No one behind us. She was standing there at the cash register. She didn't have anything else to do. The other girl had put it in her pocket and walked off. And she sat there, and she read that, and she looked over, and she read that gospel track as I sat there. And she looked at it, and she she shook her head like that, and she put it in her pocket gently. It wasn't just crammed in there. And I thought, you know, it's so easy. Even a caveman can do it. Remember that commercial? It's so easy, but we don't do it. It took me less than one minute to hand her that gospel tray. I don't know if she ever did anything with it. She might have put her bubble gum in it. That's not my decision. I am not in charge of saving her soul. I'm in charge of giving her the life-changing news of the gospel. Why we stop doing that, church? Why are we having worship wars in church? Why are we arguing over the non-essentials, how we dress and all this stuff? Why are we not arguing over souls? Why are we not fighting the real enemy who is the devil? Why are we trying to be better than this church, that church, and every other church that we are around here? Wow, that's foolishness. Our enemy is the devil. And there's one way to defeat the devil is with the gospel. And if we believe these things are coming and it's becoming nearer and nearer, why are we not witnessing and you may be doing it and if you are praise god keep it up but i fell under conviction because my witness had whoop, went down and i'm asking god to give me a heart for souls again that i might witness to them that i might tell them look unto him look unto me he says and be ye saved all the ends of the earth there's no one else to look to but look unto him So I think we must be ready. And as I've been preaching to you, we must help others get ready. We must help others get ready. The church has been given the mission in Matthew chapter 18, or 28, 18 through 20. We've been given the command to go and make disciples of all nations. It's interesting And I don't know this to be the case, but there are many churches who brag about how much money they spend in missions, but they won't walk across the street and hand somebody a gospel track, or they won't walk across the street and tell someone in their own neighborhood how to be saved. We must help others to get ready. I have in my little Red Ranger, I carry a Bible... It's called the Classic Soul Winner's New Testament. It's Burgundian. And if you turn into the second page, there's a handwritten inscription that was given to my mother for so many years of faithful service to a group called the Foster Club. The Foster Club at Abundant Life Baptist Church was a group of women that met every Saturday morning. They had breakfast with the bus ministry, and those were going on visitation. We had a big breakfast. I mean, they fixed bacon and eggs. You talk about breakfast. It was good. And then every Saturday... Inclement weather or not, the women went out, knocked on doors, invited the people to church, and shared the gospel with people. We stopped doing that in our churches. We stopped doing that. In some church services, they don't even give an invitation anymore. They do not give an invitation. Had one fellow come over, he's over in Iwana, and he said, You know what? He said, I want to tell you, one of the main reasons I like this church and state here is because we still have an invitation. When we were visiting other churches, there are many churches that do not have an invitation anymore. I had one person say, well, you'll not see Jesus give an invitation. I said, what Bible are you reading? J- Jesus gave more invitations than anybody else. As a matter of fact, at the end of the book in Revelation, he said, whoever will come, come. Come on. We must help others get ready. Listen, this is, this is the defining time. Keith Matheny is filling in. He's an a interim pastor at a church in Burnall, Kentucky. They're having a revival this week. He said, man, it's been so good. He said, it's been so good. He said, but I was thinking last night, and I was talking to him this morning. He said, I don't know in my lifetime if I'll ever see... A genuine, God-sent, Holy Spirit revival. And I said, I don't know either, Keith, but I'll tell you this. Are we even asking God for it? Are we even believing God for it? Are we even inviting people to church anymore? Are we even witnessing anymore? No, we don't want to bother people. No, we just let them die and go to hell because we might say something they don't like. We must help others get ready. And I think number three, we must be faithful. Jesus gives a parable. I love this. He gives them a parable and he says, he tells them, he says, he's going away. And he says, the master of the house goes away. And his parting words as he goes away is, occupy till I come. Jesus in another instance said this. He said, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, that God would answer the prayer. But when he comes back, will he find Faith. Faith. Be faithful. We've got to be faithful. I'm afraid anymore in our lives, God gets leftovers. He doesn't get our faithfulness. He doesn't get our very best. He gets leftovers. Faithful means full of faith. You know what faith is? Faith is taking God at His word. If God's word says to do it, we do it. We don't have to pray about it. We don't have to think about it. I'm afraid sometimes we use I'll pray about it as an excuse to to say that we don't to say no. Really. I'll pray about it. I'll pray about it. No, you're not going to pray about it. You just don't have the courage to tell me no. I think of all these things and I see how all this is stacking up and everything is everything is significant to me. Everything I'm watching in the news is significant. Everything that's happening that I hate, that I cannot stand, that makes my blood curl when I watch the news, it makes me want to scream and shout and hit something or throw something, it's happening. It's told in the Bible. will happen. And getting mad and throwing stuff and saying things is not going to change anything. You know what's going to change something? When we start telling one soul at a time about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's how we're faithful. This church has always loved sinners, always loved souls, and always wanted to share the gospel. Let's go out in the world, wherever we are, as we are going, and let's share the gospel. There's tracts back there. I have more downstairs. We'll order more. We'll do whatever we have to do. I was talking to Bearing Precious Seed, and I'm praying about it. We talked about it before. We, we never did do it. For about 5 or $6, dollars, we can get personalized copies of the Bible copies that say Shawnee Hills Baptist Church and you open the first page and it says go to page this and if they go to page there it tells them the gospel and then it goes to this page, go to that page and it it walks them through the Romans Road. Five or six dollars, we waste that. We could buy as many Bibles as we need to and we could start knocking on doors and say listen we just want to make sure that everyone has a copy of the scriptures. No strings attached. Can we give you, do you have a Bible? No I don't. May I give you this? And give them a copy of the scriptures. Do we believe this is the word of God? Do we believe it's sufficient? Do we believe it is the power of God unto salvation? I mean, this is the word of God. The eternal word of God. Why are we not giving it out? Five or six bucks. You can't get a Big Mac meal for five or six bucks. It's about nine bucks now. And I think they shrunk the Big Mac. I'm serious. When I was younger, it was a lot bigger. Are you with me? Okay, I'm just saying, i just making sure I wasn't going crazy. You get that big bag of chips that used to have a bunch of chips in it, right? But now it's about 80% air. You're like, you open this big bag and it's about that much chips in the bottom and the rest is air. Listen, all of the discourse is about the second coming of Christ. And we know, we know that we're going to be raptured out of here before the second coming of Christ because we're coming back with him. And all these things that we start, we're starting to see that are prophesied in Scripture are happening, it can only say we're getting near. I don't know if it'll be a hundred years, thousand years, it doesn't matter. God doesn't mark time like we mark time. But I'll tell you this, not a one of us in here will probably live over a hundred. If you do, you get on the jelly commercial, or the, you know, Smucker's, you know, what I'm talking about. I forget that guy's Wheeler Scott. That's the way ADHD works. I'm sorry, but I can tell you this: we may not be raptured out by them, but every one of us is going to die. Hebrews nine twenty-seven is appointed under men and wants to die. You know, there believe, you believe that you believe this that there is a man who claims through artificial intelligence he is going to create a person that will never die. I can tell you how you'll never die. Believe in Jesus. Amen. That's what we need to do, folks. That's, that's what we need to do. Next week, we're going to dive into the great tribulation period, the abomination of desolation. When the Antichrist himself walks into the temple there in Jerusalem and declares himself to be worshipped, declares himself as the Messiah. And you know what? Pardon the expression. I don't mean this to be crude. All hell is going to break loose. You think the tribulation period is bad. Wait until you hear about the great tribulation period. If you want to read ahead you can start in Revelation chapter 6 read all the way through 19 and when you come in here you'll be like oh my goodness oh my goodness if you're not saved get saved if you are saved get faithful get faithful and tell others about Jesus Christ Father we love you